Progress. Uh, today's learning should be Lezeich Nishmas Ramayisha Ben Nachman Halavit. We're up to the bottom of Mem Dalid Amid Beis. We're up to the last line is Masav Rav Amnuna. Let me let me explain what's going on. The halacha is is that if a girl who's twelve to twelve and a half is Mikabel Kedushin, it's a Machlekes Tanoim whether that's acceptable for a girl twelve to twelve and a half to Mikabel Kedushin is a Machlekes. Under Bar Mitzvah for sure doesn't work. But the Gemara Shailah, what if the girl is Mechabal Kedushin under 12? Does it work? So what would the Shailah be? So Rav and Shmuel said, you need a get and you need mean. Why would you need a get and you need mean? You need a get because I, she doesn't have the ability to Mechabal Kedushin at all. The answer is, you need a get because perhaps the father is Nisratza. Perhaps the father is Nisratza. Meaning, the father, again, the girl's Mechabal Kedushin. Her action is meaningless. But the father hears about it, he doesn't say anything. So perhaps the father is accepting of the Kedushin, in which case she's biblically married. On the other hand, perhaps he's not Mechabal Kedushin, she's not married at all. So we say give her a get, because it's a suffix ish. On the other hand, if you just make her give a get, it just receive a get, people are going to think she's a divorcee. Now what's the problem with that? The problem with that is, if that person then chooses to marry her brother, her sister later on in life, the halacha is that if you're, you cannot marry your ex-wife's sister, it's not, Kedushin is not, is not typhus. So if he eventually gives a ring to that girl's sister and says, Harit Mekadesh Asli, they're going to say, oh, it's, it's not typhus. She's not married because she was the sister, the, the, you already married the sister, not knowing that it's possible you didn't marry the sister. And because of this, you have to do Mion. This is the only example, one of the few examples of Mion when the father's alive. Mion is generally done by rabbinic marriages, but over here, it's done even on a potential biblical marriage because we want, basically, we want the Bezin to realize there is something here. Look into this. So she does a get, and she does Mion. That's Rav and Shmuel. Ula said, no. A girl under 12 is Mechabal Kedushin. It's klum. It's nothing. Megay invite you don't have to do anything. Okay. So the Gemara says Akasha. We're going to ask another kasha on Ula, who again, Ula does not believe there's a thing called Mion when the girl's under 12, when her father's alive. It's not a thing. Rav and Shmuel said, no, there is such a thing. Fine. So the Gemara says, Moshe Rav Amnuna. Rav Amnuna says, I have a kasha. We had this recently, not recently, and that is, we know there's a concept that you could sell your daughter as a slave. One of the halachas of selling her as a slave is that the master can marry her or the master's son can marry her with the money that you gave for the purchase. That's called, that they gave for the purchase, that's called the yud. The question is, can you sell your daughter as a slave to someone she can't marry? I'll give an example. You want to ma- sell her to her own brother, right? The brother's willing to pay. Now, why can't she be a slave? Because she can't marry her brother. So the question is, is it possible for her to be an Amma Evriya if she can't end up marrying her master? It's not an option. So are they contingent on each other? So says the Mishnah, says the Gemara, You cannot sell her to a relative. Because she can't marry the relative, she can't be a slave to the relative. disagrees. Fine. Next page. But everyone agrees that you could sell a Chayve Lavin, meaning a girl who is a slave, can be sold if her relationship is just a chayve lavin. What's an example of a chayve lavin? An almana to a kain gadol, or a grush of a chalutza to a kain hadid. Okay. What that means is like this. If the girl is a slave under 12, right, she's under 12, because that's you can't be a slave above 12. She's under 12. She's an almana. She's a widow. You could sell her to a kain gadol. How, how is she being sold if she's a widow? 
So you say, well, she was married before. The halacha is that once a father, a father, according to most Tanaim, a father has one card. He could either sell her as a slave or marry her off. Once she's married, once the father has married her off, and then she's widowed, you can't sell her anymore. So how do you ever have a widow being sold as a slave under bat mitzvah? How is it possible? How is it Again, if the father sold her, the only one who could sell her as a slave is the dad. But once she's a widow, that means that the father already married her off. Once she's married off, the father can't sell her anymore. So how is she sold as a widow? That's, that's the, that's the, it's, the, it's like the riddle. So the Gemara says, Hi, Almana, How is she an Almana under 12 and being sold as a slave? So, okay, father married her off at 10. She got married, 11 years old, she lost her husband, and now the father is selling her as a slave. The problem is, you can't sell her as a slave once you married her off. How could you sell her? You can't sell her after you marry her off. The father can either do one or the other. You can either marry her off, or you could sell her. You can't sell her after you marry her off. So how do you have a widow being sold? How's it possible? It must be. It's this case. She's under 12. She accepted the Kedushin. And what do you see? And then the husband died. You see, you call her a widow. Why? Because this is a proof to Rav and Shmuel that when a girl under 12 is Mechabal Kedushin, you do need a get, and you do need Mian. Hence, you're calling her a widow. According to Ula, under 12, if she's Mechabal Kedushin on her own, it's nothing. You would never call her an Almana. What's the only other way to figure out how she could be an Almana? It must be the case is she's under 12, she was Mechabal Kedushin on her own, and then the guy died. And we're calling her a widow because we follow Rav and Shmuel that you need a get and you need Mian. So anytime you need a get Mian, you can call her an Alman. It must be a proof, not like Ula. So the Gemara says no. Amram, Amram, Yitzchak, Hacha, B'Kedusha, Yud. Valiba, Dravyesi, Bar Yehuda, Dabramois, Herishayinus, Lav, L'Kedusha, Ninu. The answer is like this. This is the case. The father sold her as a slave. She did Yud. She married the master. Then the master died. And now she's going to be sold again. So that's how she's in Almana. Wait a minute, I thought the, the father can only marry her off. Once the father marries her off, he can't sell her anymore. The answer is, it depends on how you look at Yud. Again, Yud is the marriage to the master. There's two ways to look at it. You could look at it as the money that the master gave to purchase her is the money for Kedushin. In which case, who's marrying her off? The father. Because by the father receiving the purchase money, that, in essence, is the Kes of Kedushin. If you look at it that way, the father is receiving the Kes of Kedushin. That means the father married her off the first time. He cannot sell her after that. But there's a second way to look at Yud. The other way to look at Yud is like Rav Yehsi Bar Yehuda. He holds, if you remember, we had a whole daf about this. Rav Yehsi Bar Yehuda holds that Yud is not that the money of the purchase is going towards the Kedushin. That's not how it works. Rather, Yud is the master saying, listen, I'm Michael on you being a slave from now on. The next three years you owe me as servitude, or two years, Michael, With that mechila, marry me. If you look at it that way, the father is not marrying her off. She's actually marrying herself off. According to Yisab Yehuda, Yiyod is a chiddish that a girl under bar mitzvah can actually marry herself off. It's the only way. So according to that, the father can still sell her. Why? Because I told you before, the father has one card. He could either marry her off, but then once he does it, he can't sell her. The answer is, he never married her off. It was Yiyod. Yiyod, she married herself off. So he could still sell her after that. So the case of how she's an Almana is not where she's Mechavel Kesef Kedushin under 12. No, it's specifically a case of Yud. And according to Rav Yosef Yehuda, after Yud, you could still sell her a second time because you never married her off. She married herself off. But it has nothing to do with our discussion. When uh, the, the master dies, 
she goes free. She Automatically goes free. She yeah. Go no, church. no. The second the master dies, it's one of the chedushim of Amavriya. The second the master dies, she goes free. Correct. Different. Yeah, different. Amavriya, she goes free. Okay. Fine. New discussion, but it's it's actually not a new discussion. One more step. Let's talk this out. If we understand this rationally, this stuff will be a lot easier. No, let me let me explain. It's not it's not complicated. Let me explain. Okay. Let's go with Robin Shmuel. A girl under 12 is Makabal Kedushin. The father hears about it, doesn't object, but doesn't acknowledge it. We don't know what his deal is. So you need a get, because maybe the father's cool with it, and she's biblically married. But you also need Mion, because maybe she's not cool, the father's not cool with it, she's not married, and if you give her a get, people are going to think she's divorced from this guy, and then he can't marry her sister. And if he tries to marry his sister, they're going to say it doesn't work, but it did work. And to avoid confusion, we say get and Mion. Okay. Mian is basically just saying, there's an alarm here, like, look into this. Fine. What if, in, after that, so the guy, after, below 12, she's below 12, marries, marries her, she's in the condition. So right now, stop, you need a get and Mian. Before the guy gives a get and Mian, he dies. What's her status for Yibum? So now, she can't do Yibum because maybe she was never married to the guy. Not that she can't. She doesn't have to do Yibam because she, maybe she's never married to the guy. But she can't just leave the guy because maybe she was married to the guy. So you need Chalitza. Okay. What if before doing Chalitza, one of the brothers gives her Mimer? Mimer is Kesef Kedushin. Mimer is Kedushin leading up to Yibam. So again, Ruvain gives her money. She's under 12. So right there, stop. Ruvain needs to give her a get and Mion. But then Ruvain dies. So now she falls to Shimon Alevi. So now she needs chalitza from Shimon Alevi. But Shimon gives her Kesef Kedushin as mimer for Yivam. Now what? So you say chalitza, but you also now need to get from Shimon. Why? Because maybe the father was not cool with Ruvain's money, but maybe he was cool with Shimon's money. In which case, she just married Shimon. Meaning when Shimon gave the money, although he was giving Kesef Kedushin for Yivam, but what if Ruvain never, the father was never masking to Ruvain's marriage? So she actually was never falling to Yivam at all. In which case, when Shimon gave her the money and says, Rebbe Li, that was just like a marriage proposal. And maybe the father liked Shimon. So you need a get from Shimon, and you need a chalitza from the other brothers. And then what happens to Shimon? Shimon is automatically out of the picture afterwards? Yeah, yeah. That severs it. So classically, you need get and mian. But now, if the if he were to die, you would do chalitza. But now if he did maimir, you need chalitza and, and, uh, chalitza and a get. That's what you need. We'll see it inside. Then she's free. And she walks away. The Gemara says like this. Okay. Itmar, Mace. If the man who gave her Kedusha when she's under 12 died, and then she falls to the brothers for Yibam. So what's the halacha? If one of the brothers gave her a mimer, right, gave her mimer, she has to do mion. But she doesn't have to do mian from the regular, uh, the other brothers. What do I mean? Let's explain. If one of the brothers gave her Kesef Kedushin, she needs a get, she needs Chalitza, and she needs mian. Why does she need all three? Let's speak it up. Now, you need a get from this brother, second brother, Shimon. Why? Because maybe the father never liked the first brother, so she, he was never masking to the first brother's Kedushin. So she never felt to Yibam. And when Shimon gave her Mimer, maybe the father was masking with that. So maybe she's married to Shimon. So you need to get from Shimon. Tzricha Chalitza. 
you need chalitza Maybe the father was cool with the first brother's kedushin, in which case she felt ibum. So you need chalitza. But you also need Mian. But you need Mian because maybe the father didn't want Reuven, didn't want Shimon. In which case, she never fell to anybody. But if you just give her a get, people are going to think she's divorced. And anytime we need the red flag to go up, we need people to look into this. So the Mian basically says investigate this. So you need a get, you need Chalitza, and you need Mian. That's when there was Mimer. Now, if there's no Mimer, so if let's say, so Reuven gives her money when she's under 12 and then dies, and then she falls to Shimon, but Shimon did not do Maimer, she falls just to the brothers, so then what do you have to do? All you need is Chalitza. Now again, you don't need Mian, but you don't need a get, because what's the purpose of a get? Again, Reuven gave her money and then died. There's two choices. If the father was cool with the marriage, she's falling to Yibam, so Chalitza. If the father's not cool with the marriage, nothing. There's no purpose of a get. You just do chalitza. Now, you should say, shouldn't you do mian also? Because if people are going to see that she did chalitza, then people are going to think that she was married to that brother, and then she can't marry that person's siblings because it's called achos chalutzaso. The same way you can't marry the sister of your divorced wife, you also can't marry the sister of your chalutza wife. Like, once you did chalitza to someone, you can't marry, you know, like if Reuven did chalitza to, to, to Rachel, he can't marry Leah, who's Rachel's sister. So you should need Mian for people to investigate it to make sure they're like, hey, this chalitza was like a chumra chalitza. The reason why you don't have to do that is because the sister of a divorcee is a biblical prohibition. The sister of a chalitza is darabonon. So we're not saying that word. Meaning, the, the reason why you need Mian is basically like every single time you give a get mechumra, we need you to have Mian because we're going to say like, you give a divorce to Rachel, people are going to think you actually married Rachel biblically, and then if you want to marry Rachel's sister, it won't work. But that's not true. It might, it might work. And, and to avoid confusion, do me in. But chalitza is not necessary because um, the sister of your chalutza is a rabbinic prohibition. So the whole thing's derabana. I'm not that, I'm not that worried about that. The mian is uh, up to the woman, right? Correct. So but we're say, dictating her to do it. We're telling her to do it. Well, we're telling, no, I'm saying Bezdin is mandating that she do Mian in order for people in the future to realize there is something wrong in this case. You don't want it to be that in the ledgers it's just Reuven divorced, you know, Rachel. Uh, but he's a, there, there are, the marriage is already over, right? We're already terminating the marriage through Get, through Chalitza, through this. We're just saying now do a Mian also so that in the record books there is a question, there's an asterisk here. But the point is it's not necessary in this case because the whole thing is Chalitza. By, by an actual divorce where marrying her sister is a biblical prohibition, we need an asterisk. The whole thing by chalutza, it's the whole thing is don't worry about it. So the Gemara says over here, What's the concern? You should name me and also, Everyone knows that the sister of a chalutza is only Nisad Rabbanon. Therefore, if Reuven, again, just to review, if Reuven gives her money and she's under 12. So if Reuven's still alive, Reuven has to divorce her, but he also has to do mian so that everyone knows in the record books there's something wrong about this marriage. Look into it. But if Reuven dies, all the brothers have to do is just do chalitza. 
either you should also have to do Miyan so that everyone knows there's an asterisk. The answer is there's no, there's no concern. The sister of a chalutza is only a rabbinic prohibition, so don't worry about it. The whole thing is darabon. Don't, don't, don't make yourself so crazy. The sister of a divorcee is an isa daraisa. You need an asterisk. The Gemara says, Damarish Lakish, Kan Shana Rabbi, Achais Chirusha Daraisa, Achais Chalutza Daraisaifim. The sister, marrying the sister of your divorced ex wife is an isa daraisa, but marrying the sister of your chalutza, a woman who chalutza, is only darabon. So don't, don't make yourself too crazy. Again, he has this over. It's you know, it's not. It seems complicated, but if you just like sit and visualize the situations and the options, it works. Okay, stand. Look at myself while I'm getting off every day. Okay, the Gemara says like this: Hanu An interesting shaila. Okay, the rest of the is just interesting shaila. It's very easy. We said before a girl, a guy gives a girl a, 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 a wedding ring. She's under twelve. So he said, according to Rav and Shmuel, you need a get. Why would you need a get? Because maybe the father's cool with it. What about the opposite? What if a father accepts money for his son? Do we say maybe the son is cool with it? Meaning, the father takes money, marries off his 15-year-old son without asking consent. So you say that's nothing. But we said... When a girl's Meqabal Kedushan under 12, it's also nothing, but it becomes something because maybe the father is going to be cool with it. Do we say the same thing also? Like maybe the Chassan will be cool with it when he finds out? Or do you say, no, no, no. The, the, the Chassan, we're not concerned about that. You're saying it's the opposite. Instead of saying, maybe the father is cool with it, the question is, is the, do we say, maybe the son will be cool with it when he finds out? Or could you not marry off a Chassan without his knowledge? That's, that's basically the Kasha. So the Gemara says, There were two men drinking wine under a willow tree. Maybe they were drunk, I don't know. One person gives a cup of wine to his friend. And he says, With this cup of wine, I want your daughter to marry my son. So you're marrying off your son, which you do not have the right to do. You have the right to marry off your daughter. You do not have the right to marry off your son. So the question is, do we say, well, it's nothing. He doesn't have the right to marry off his son. Or do we say... Yeah, but when the son finds out about it, maybe he's misratza. Maybe he'll be cool with it. The same way we're concerned that maybe when the father hears about it, he'll be makabel, he'll be maskim. So to maybe when the son finds out of it, he'll also be maskim. So the Gemara says, even if you hold that maybe the father will be maskim and make it a kedusha deraisen, you need to get go to the next page. We're not concerned that the chassan will find out. And be masking. So this is nothing. So the Gemara says, Amrli Rabbanu Ravina, the Dilma Shliach Shavi, but maybe he sent the father as a Shliach. Right? You're just assuming that the father's doing it without the son's consent. Maybe he sent him as a Shliach. Then it says, No one would have the chutzpah to send your father as a Shliach for you. It's not respectful to send your father as a Shliach, and therefore there's no way the father is a Shliach. So it's different times, whatever. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. That was just me being facetious. I don't, I'm assuming they were not actually wine. drunk. Yeah, but they, they drink wine all the time. That's, that's like, the wine was like water to them. So the Gemara says, But maybe the son had already professed that he wanted to marry the person in the past. Right? Meaning maybe the son had said in the past that he wants to marry her. Maybe the father knew that that's what the son wants. The Gemara says... No, no, no. You know, he says, forget about Ukimtas. I heard Beferish that Ravina does not believe in Ravin Shmuel. Meaning Ravin Shmuel's whole shita, that if you were Makabal Kedushin for a girl, if the girl's Makabal Kedushin under 12, maybe the father's masking, Ravina doesn't believe in that. 
So forget about these, maybe this, maybe that. Ravina does not believe that we have to be concerned. Maybe someone is masking, maybe someone is He doesn't believe in it by the father, and Kabbal Chaymer, he doesn't believe in it by the son. And he holds like Ula, that a girl under 12 that's Mechabal Kedushin is nothing. So the same way he holds that way by the father, he definitely holds that way by the son. So this is nothing. This is Mamish Ephes. This is nothing. Okay. The Gemara says like this. We, again, we had a Shaila before. If a girl is Mechabal Kedushin when she's under 12, is it, uh, are we concerned that the father will be masking when he finds out? There was a man who gave a girl under 12 a bucket of vegetables in the marketplace as Kesef Kedushan. And she was Mechabalit. So the question is, well, we just got finished saying that you need to get and me and, or is this case different? So the Gemara says, Am Ravina, Says, says Ravina, even if you hold that the father is maybe going to be maskim, that's only when the kedushin is done in a respectful way. But this case of vegetables in the shuk, nobody's, they don't even have to be concerned, it's nothing. <laughs> so the question is though like this, the question is, what is the bizarion aspect of it? Is it the vegetables or is it the shuk part? Both are disrespectful. The question is, which one is, and what's the nafkamina? What if you give vegetables not in the shuk, or what if you give silver in the shuk? What, which part is disrespectful? So the Gemara says, What's considered respectful? Disrespectful. Is it the vegetables, or is it the shuk, or it's the marketplace? Nafkamina. What's the nafkamina? Let's say you gave her a silver ring in the marketplace. So if the marketplace is disrespectful, it's still disrespectful. If it's the vegetables, it's not disrespectful. Or you gave vegetables in the house. If the vegetables are disrespectful, it's still a disrespectful kedushin. It's nothing. If it's if the vegetables are if if it, if it's the marketplace, then you did in the house, so it's fine. So what's the halacha? My both are disrespectful. Meaning, for it to not be disrespectful, it has to not be in the marketplace and not be vegetables. As long as one of them exists, it's it's nothing. It's meaningless. Okay. One last sugya. Um, Maybe two more seconds. Okay. Hold on one second. Just want to grab a cup of water. Hold on, I'm sorry. Recording stop. So the Gemara continues the following case. You have a couple, and they have a, a girl under 12. So the father wants to marry her off to his side of the family. But she wants, the wife wants to, so the husband and wife are arguing who she should marry. The husband wants his side of the family, the wife wants her side of the family. Okay. So the father originally wants his side of the family. But, the mother nagged him enough until the father gave in. So the father said, fine, can marry your side of the family. They arrange the wedding. They're at the chasana. And then what happens? Again, the father wants to marry off, let's say, to his nephew. The wife wants to marry off to her nephew. The wife wins. They're at the wedding. While they're at the wedding, the father's relative goes into the house without people's knowledge and marries her. So the question is, is the father masking? You'll say, well, the whole wedding was supposed to marry her side of the family. On the other hand, well, he originally wanted his side of the family, and that's who ended up doing it. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, the guy, he originally wanted his side of the family. The wife wanted her side. The wife won. They made the wedding with the intention for her to walk down the aisle and marry her side of the family. But while they're setting up for the chuppah, the guy's side of the family sneaks into the house and marries her. She's under 12. So does what does the father want? Is the father Nisratza because he originally wanted his side of the family? On the other hand, 
um, he made the whole wedding with the intention of her side, and he gave his word to his wife. And your word does mean something. So the Gemara says, The Jewish people do not speak lies, meaning he agreed to marry her off to her side of the family. And we assume that he wants to keep his word. And therefore, he is not Nisratza of the Kedushin of his side of the family. A second, Rava agrees, but gives an alternative reason. Rava says, forget about giving his word. He made a whole chasana. If she marries the other side, that means the whole wedding is going to be, he doesn't waste that much money. But they both agree that he is not Nisratza with the Kedushin. He wants the Kedushin to go with his wife's side of the family. What's the difference between these two reasons? They both agree. What if he didn't spend, uh, he didn't prepare a feast yet? Meaning, he gave his word, but it's before he actually spent the money. If the concern is the money, well, he didn't spend the money, so he'll be Nisratza. But if he gave his word, if the whole point is he gave his word, he did give his word. But they both agree that in this case, he is not Nisratza with the Kedushin of his wife, of the, his side of the family. He wants his wife's side of the family. Okay. Okay, one more quick thing. The father has the rights to marry her off when she's under bat mitzvah, and he has the rights to her nesuin, to her chuppah under bat mitzvah. Okay. Another halacha, when you marry a kayan, biblically, after Kedushin, you could eat truma, but rabbinically, you can't. Okay. So here's the case. The father gives consent and marries her off Kedushin. Okay. Then the father traveled, and while the father's away, she had a chuppah with the guy. Now the father was not there to ask consent. The father definitely signed off on the Kedushin. He just never signed off on the chuppah. The question is, do we assume that for every reason the father would have objected? What's the nafkamina? Can she eat truma now, if this guy's a kayan? If the father objects to the nesuin, she can eat truma rabbinically. If the father doesn't, then she can. So the question is, do, do we assume the father again? The father married her off for the kedushin. He signed off on it, but he wasn't there for the chuppah. So do we assume that he would have objected if he was here? Why, why would he be object? I don't. Know, maybe he changed his mind about the guy. Why don't we just use the that everything was okay? <laughs> yeah, but the the problem is I mean, if he were to come back, because I'll tell you why. Because if he comes back and objects, then she would have retroactively eaten shuma forbiddenly. Wow. Which so the question is, how far do you take the chazaka? No, true, but but a chazaka, just because he signed up to the Kedushan, I don't know if you have a chazaka that he signed up for the Nesuin. Well, that's the question. No, but chazaka doesn't mean that a person, decision A, will lead to necessarily decision B. It just means that decision A is still intact. Well, you just keep the status quo. Correct. So the status quo is Kedushan. That, that's the question. So the Gemara says, Rav says, let her eat truma. We could assume that the father will be cool with it. If the father comes and objects, we'll deal with it then. But until then, she could eat truma. Ravasi says, if there's a chance the father can object, that means there's a chance that she will have be eating truma forbiddenly. She can't eat truma until the father comes back. Okay, Although Rav actually felt it was permitted, he practically passed to be strict. Although we're saying, even Rav who says that she could eat truma because we would assume that the father would be cool with it, if she were to die, that husband does not get her estate. Because to take the money from the dad, now there's, uh, we call it, uh, um, you can't take the money until you know for sure. So eating truma, fine, but inheritance does not transfer until you actually speak to the father. Fine. Now, 
Another case. What if, again, the father signs off on the Kedushan? Now, we just got finished saying the case was the father went away, and then she had the chuppah without the father's knowledge. Machlekes is, could she eat truma? What if the father was here? He just wasn't invited. So now, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as, and he didn't object. You could look at it as, he didn't object because he's cool with it. Or you could say, he was so upset that they did it in his presence without his consent, he was so livid he refused to talk to them. So that's the question. So the, the Gemara says, Rav Huna Amar Eino Yichalas, Rav Yirmiya Amar, Rav Yirmiya Amar Yichalas. The Machleik is whether she could eat truma. Rav Huna Amar Eino Yichalas, Rav Huna says she cannot eat truma. Afilamanda Amar Yichalas, and even if you hold that she could eat truma when the father's away and she has Nesuin without his knowledge, Hasim would lay because over there the father's not present. But over here, he was present, and they didn't ask him permission. He was so quiet, he was so upset, that's why. It was so, he didn't object because he was so upset. So you definitely cannot eat truma. Rav Yirmiya holds the opposite. Rav he says, no, the opposite. I think that even if you hold that normally she cannot eat truma, that's because we're afraid the father will be in her object, will come back and object. Over here, the father's here. He didn't object. He's definitely cool with it. So over here, it's a machloikas of what they would say where the father was present and they got married without his knowledge. Uh, last line, we'll end with this. What if she was Mechabal Kedushin and did a chuppah, all without the father's knowledge, but the father was here? By both cases. So you'll say, definitely nothing. But Whether she could eat truma. So the Gemara says, Amr Ula, had Ravuna, Ravuna who felt that she could eat truma, it's like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. I mean, what are you talking about? You're Mechabal Kedushin under 12 without his knowledge, and then. You went to Chuppah without his consent, and he's all here in the same city. How could she eat truma? You got no consent. So what's the pshat? Hashto mahasim de kedusha deraisa, amrit loyachla hachalay koshkin. How could it be that you could allow such a thing to eat truma? The answer is near and divrei talmud. Amarav and my time in the ravuna hoyovanasim and maisi yisrael mechayav. The answer is the fact that the father didn't object to either means the father is basically saying you're on your own. Whatever you want to do is fine. I'm no longer, meaning, the reason why he didn't object is not because he was so livid. It's basically saying, listen, you're your own person. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Do your thing. And therefore, the fact that he's here, in a way, makes it even better. Or, potentially makes it worse. That's the two possibilities. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow, Bezashem.